morning. Also, uh, I just got to thinking, John, I'm, I'm standing there, I'm thinking, before long, we, we got to start getting these 180 for Easter, a drama for Easter. So wherever Tara went, Tara, she sent us a great drama I think the students wanted to do, so we, we might need to think about that because they're going to have to practice. Anyway, good to have you with us today. Let's welcome our uh, online crew. God bless you. It's good to see you this morning. Of course, I can't see you, but I'm believing I can. We did get another load of t-shirts in, so if you never got your t-shirt, I think I might have one for you today. So it's all good. I want to talk this morning about stuff that we all deal with. I think we all have dealt with at one time or another. Maybe you're dealing with it now. Unbelief. I mean, it, it just is, sometimes it's just hard to believe, isn't it? Don't you feel at times just wore out? Somebody sent me a, a text this week. It said, roses are red. I should have stayed in bed. I stink at poetry, coffee. I mean, some days you just feel like, oh, just give me more coffee or whatever. But I mean, or you just feel wore out. You're frazzled. One more thing. It's just, ah. Oh. And, and the enemy is good at that. He'll play us out until you're spent. And he'll get you to try to cross the line from belief to unbelief. And you could be doing fine. How many have felt that? You're doing fine, like in service. Oh, yes. Oh, it was awesome. And you get out to your car and the battery's dead. Mm, tick, 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 tick. And all of a sudden inside, you're like, nah. And out of your mouth flows a river of yucky water. So I'm going to give you three ways this morning. They're pretty simple. But three ways that, you know, I, I, and again, I'm, I'm only talking from experience. And, you know, I'm not exempt from this. Pastor Kim and I, we still, you know, practice these things all the time. So it is a battle. You know, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. In this life, the enemy, he doesn't just roll over and say, take the territory, I give up. He doesn't do that. We have to take it by force. And then we have to post guards. Come on. You're going to have to guard, you know, and, and have the authority that God has given you. So we're going to look at that. Three ways. So, you know, some of us are waiting for answers. You prayed about something. You prayed, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, you've prayed. And it still hasn't come, and you're waiting. What could be stopping it? So I wanted to just kind of face some of those things so that we could look at. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, maybe it's healing in your body. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but what it, it's eating at you. So what's happened? Well, it could be simply not time. You know, the Bible talks about seasons. There could be a season where it's not time. Do you realize that there, there could be other components besides you? In this puzzle of life, God sometimes is putting other pieces together so that things line up. Say amen to that. You need to understand that you're not the only thing that walks and breathes and, and you know, you're not the queen or the king. Well, we have the inheritance of that, but, but you know what I'm saying. So sometimes we just need to understand but I, I need to put my faith to that. So why hasn't that happened? Hebrews says this, faith and patience bring the promise. Maybe it's the enemy. Could be like in Daniel where you've prayed, it was the answer was sent. But there is opposition that is stopping it right now. Other people have their own free will and there could be the enemy fighting on that. And you could be assured that he's fighting in every way that he can. Or it might be about the subject we're talking about this morning. Could be unbelief. Those aren't fun to hear. Jesus had this answer when his disciples talked to him. It's because of your unbelief. And that's Matthew 17 and 20. The NLT says, you, you don't have enough faith. 
that's kind of hard to hear. We don't want to hear God say, you, you just don't believe. Or you're just not believing strong enough. Because unbelief is not the will of God for your life. There is much defeat and frustration when we choose not to believe God. And that happens, unfortunately, in the lives of believers. We believe God, but yet we have elements that we just don't believe everything. You see, we want to believe. I think we have a heart that says, I want to believe. But Paul calls it, he, what if we're not fully persuaded? You know, fully persuaded is, I don't have any doubt. I am completely convinced this is what he said to do. So I'm, I'm fully persuaded. You can't convince me otherwise. It doesn't matter if there's other chatter going on. I am fully persuaded of what God told me. If God told you something many times, you can mark the spot and the time. Hey, I know what he said. If we haven't learned how to overcome some of the tiniest things. Now, think about this. <clears throat> Jesus in his hometown couldn't do many miracles. The Bible says that in Matthew 15, or 13, 54, and 58 because of their unbelief. They knew who he was in their own minds. They were deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. That's in the New Living Translation. You know, offense will affect your belief. If you're walking around wounded and mad all the time, it's going to affect how you believe. It's going to affect the way that you believe. It's going to taint your belief system if you're going to let it and you don't want to let that. It breeds unbelief. So what is unbelief? Unbelief is something... Believing something other than what God has said in a situation. If God has stated his will and you believe something different than that, that is unbelief. You can believe Jesus was raised from the dead, believe he's your Lord, believe he's coming soon. But if you don't believe and do what he says, you don't put it into action, faith without works is dead, you're operating in unbelief. Now some of what I'm telling you is like... I. You know, Brett, you're, that's kind of harsh. I'm trying to say it as nice as I can. But we need to understand. We need to, if we really believe him. There was a story of a guy that walked, and I, I'm assuming this was true. I don't know, but it, it's a good story, so listen. Walks across the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Then he takes a wheelbarrow and goes across. But before he does each one, he asks, he's got these friends, and he asks them, can I, do you guys think I can do this? And they're like, we've seen you do all kinds. Of, yes, you can do that. You walked across there. You can take the wheelbarrow. Sure you can. I know you can do it. I have faith in you. So he walks across Niagara Falls on a tightrope with a wheelbarrow and comes back across. We believe you could. We knew you could. And the people are going, more, more. He's like, okay. And somebody says, carry something across the wheelbarrow. So he looks at his friends. He says, get in. They said, you're nuts. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes we believe, but yet there's something nagging in the back of our minds that we go, mm, I don't know if he'll do it for me. That's unbelief. Do you know that a heart of unbelief grieves God? The Bible calls it an evil heart, actually a hardened heart. We need to believe God. Why is this so important? Because everything happens in the kingdom by faith, 
by your belief system. If you don't believe, then you're believing in something. It's just not what God is saying. You know, PK and I are looking at all kinds of systems. God, how can, you know, what do we need to do to help pastor this church better, to help find more people for Christ? How do we do that? We just changed the curriculum for Kids Town. They launched that next week. So we're excited about that. So it's going to, uh, in the next few weeks, it's going to be a little, you know, something new is always kind of fun to go through. Oh, But once you get through it, you know, and you kind of get into a rhythm, it's going to help. It's going to help grow. It's going to help disciple. And it's going to make Sean and Lacey, who are doing an amazing job back there, it's going to make their job a little easier. And, uh, you know, and, and we're also training our 180 students back there. They, their training starts really officially next week. Well, they, they're going to meet with me on Thursday. I'm going to hand them some stuff. They're going to meet on Sunday with Mr. Sean. And, hey, we're, we're on board and we're going forward. You see, people come and say, I don't, I don't have a system. But Kim and I have listened to enough podcasts to know you have a system, just not really a good one. If you're not doing the right things, you're still doing things, just not the right ones. You know, the ones that bring results or, or, or that kind of thing that are giving you the results you want. So we need to understand about why it's so important to God. Jesus said this in Mark 9, 23. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. And that is where God wants you to live. He wants you to live in the realm of what's possible through him. Not what's possible through you. What's possible through him. What's he telling you? In Christ, we live, we move, we have our being. It's through Christ. What's possible through him? That's the realm of faith. Because if you you don't need God, your dream is not big enough. That's what sets believers apart from non-believers. The difference between believing and not believing. Belief and unbelief. Maybe you feel like the man that had the the boy that was demon-possessed. And he asked the disciples to cast out the boy. But he cried out to the Lord and he said, it's in Mark 9.24. I do believe, but help overcome my unbelief. You ever felt like that? Because whatever you're looking at is staring right back. It's making noise in your face. And you know it ain't right. And you're saying, God, I want to believe you. It's like driving your car and something goes wrong in the engine. You just turn the radio up louder. That doesn't work, does it? (laughs) I'm trying to find something because I'm... uh, uh, Seeing where I put it. So if you're watching me online, we'll be back right after these messages. Okay, it's on down the way, so we're fine. I want to get the weeds out of my garden, the weeds of doubt. I want to know that, man, God, if you speak to me, that's it. That's all I need. You just tell me, and that's what I need. I mean, just, you just speak it. Can I have those kind? I'm going to give you three ways quickly this morning to beat unbelief. And here's our first thought. Beat unbelief by knowing God's will. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing, hearing the good news about Christ. You got to just hear, you got to get stuff in your, you know, there's gates into your soul, into your mind, your will, and your emotions. One of those is your ear gate. What are you putting in your ears? Your eye gate, your ears. 
So get in the word of God. Get that in there. Hearing over and over and over again. Did you know you've probably heard this before? Ignorance is the devil's playground. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. But if the enemy can keep you from knowing all that belongs to you, then he has you. If you have a lack of knowledge, it can result in unbelief because you don't know what's yours. If you knew what was yours, what you had rights to, then you would know if there is a violation of that or not. If you don't know, then he's got you. He'll take advantage of that. He'll let you know that, well, he, you should be broke, busted, disgusted, and sick. You should be a failure. You shouldn't succeed. Nobody's going to believe you. But here's good news. Everybody say good news. Satan is, I love this word in this context. He is overruled by the word of God. If you know God, you can fight and win. If you know the word, you can fight and win. Remember 1 John 5, 14. It said, if we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. That word here and there, I've told you before, it's actually as if a judge is hearing the case. He's taking the case. So this is what I'm saying. Satan can tell you something but you need to grab a hold of what God says. And just like in a court case, if the accuser or the prosecutor comes up and says, hey, I object. I know what Brett has done. I know Brett's path. I object. God can slam the hammer down and go, overruled. Because he's washed in the blood. You got to understand what God is telling you. You got to know his will. And he wrote it in his book. But if you don't know the truth... You can buy what the enemy is, and you know the enemy is always going to lie. And he can keep you where you are. Matter of fact, he can make lies sound like truth. Maybe you're praying for healing, and you say all the right words. Thank God, I believe, I receive, I believe, I receive. You know, you're kind of like the cowardly lion. I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do, I do. And you just, you know, I believe I receive, I believe I receive, I believe I receive. I get it. But inside you're thinking, I wonder why God isn't listening. God does it for everybody, but I don't think he's doing it for me. There's doubt there. If you confess and believe you're healed, but you still grab a hold of the, that God doesn't heal. Or you're listening to your symptom instead of what the word says. Do you know stuff will talk? There's a lot of stuff that talks loud. Like a collector, whoever wants the most screams the loudest, you better pay us. And you, you know, people have a tendency to pay whoever screams the loudest. We're going to take you to... Co you know what I'm saying? Enemy's going to scream loud. What's the truth say? The truth will set you free. If I can base on the word, then I can rest on what God says. I'm not going to believe the symptoms. I'm going to believe the truth. My symptoms have to line up with the truth. Come on. I have to, I mean, my symptoms might be saying one thing, but if I know that's in violation, I can continue to claim the truth. The symptoms have to leave. It's just the fact, Jack. Sometimes it's just easy to slip into unbelief because the enemy, is, he can just rock us to sleep. We just get complacent. So how do we avoid it? Hebrews 4.11 says, let's do our best to enter that rest. You know, if we're resting in the Lord, if you work, God rests. If God's working, you can rest. If you believe him to take care of it, because he's already said it, I don't have to worry about it. I just have to look for where it's coming. You've all heard some of my dear stories. I don't, I don't have to believe if it's, I know it's coming. I just have to see where and when it's coming so I can take advantage of that by faith. 
It's in the freezer, this freezer right now. Because I did that by faith. You're like this freezer. Well, there's a freezer in the kitchen. I didn't have room in mine, so that's where it's at. If you talk real nice to me, I'll give you some. How's that? <laughs> but you can't get casual about the word. You've got, you got to stand on God. You've got to stand on his word. You have to stand whatever he's telling you. That's it. That settles it. But, but Brad, I don't feel like it. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's about obeying him and submitting to him in the word and in the truth. And then my mind, my, my thoughts, and all of my emotions, and my, they start following. Did you know that's a follower? I got to start doing what's right. See, when the disciples... They couldn't cast the demon out of the child. They, they said to Jesus, they didn't feel too good about that. They were defeated. So they said, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. That's Matthew 17, 19, and 20. The NLT says, you don't have enough faith. He said, I'll tell you the truth. If you had even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I submit to you that if you could say it with a small, you know, mustard seed is like the smallest seed. You know that? I mean, it's like tiny. So here's what I'm telling you. If that little of faith can move a mountain, did you know that little of doubt can stop it from moving? We don't think of it that way. We only think of the other. But there's something inside that's nagging at us. that's saying, ah. As a matter of fact, if you go to the uh, New King James of Matthew 17, there's verse 21. In the NLT, it's not there. But in the New King James, it says, but these come out by prayer and fasting. Now, many people believe he was talking about the demon, but I don't think he was. I don't think Jesus was, because you can't fast the demon. This is what I think. See, when you fast, it is not to get God on board. God has never been off board. It is to get you on board. It is to get your spirit in line with what God wants to do so you could hear him better in the spirit. So you could obey and you could get a clearer thought. So you could do that. This is why. Now listen to this because I had to look this up. Jesus is talking about unbelief. Because you see the disciples were in unbelief. Luke 9.1, he gave them the power and authority over all devils. That's what he said. Now, if they would have believed that, they would not be dealing with what they're dealing with here. So they're, they're not having to fast a demon. He is, he's saying, you've missed it, boys. So we need to understand, God is telling us, sometimes we go through something, and he told us, and we forgot what he told us. Anybody else? And you just got to be, oh, oh, yeah. Because now the circumstance is almost too big. I prayed for a lot of people. I've seen God do a lot of things. I've seen him open ears that were closed, couldn't hear. I've seen him open eyes, people that were blind. I've seen him do that. I've seen him take away legions and lumps. Well, I don't know if legion is a lump, but whatever that is. Bumps, a big size, like hardball stuff on their hands, on their neck. Just see them go away. Splotches. 
of rash that were all over their neck and body and arms. I watched God just take them away. Seen legs snap into place and bones crack. And then the people put their walker down and walk. I mean, it, it's been crazy some of the stuff I've seen. So I'm at, I'm at youth camp a few years ago and I'm praying for students. And um, I had a boy come up to me and it was kind of a tall guy. He had red hair. I, I'm just, I can't remember his name. I just remember he had red hair. It doesn't mean because you have red hair. I'm just telling you, that's how I remembered him. <laughs> so he comes up and I, so I asked him, I said, you know, what are you asking the Lord to do? And so immediately God spoke inside my spirit and I heard him say this, cast out the strong man. I just asked the kid again, what do you want the Lord to do for you? And that's what the Lord told me. I kind of ignored that. And I just kind of prayed through the kid's list. You, you understand that the enemy is a liar. And so the enemy, let, let me just, we have people that will, you, you need to ask this and this. And I mean, I don't ask the enemy anything. Now listen, unless I have God's instruction on it, here's the reason. He's not going to tell me the truth. I mean, let's just be honest. If you think about it, he's not going to tell you the truth. If I say, you know, I mean, Jesus asked the one, what's your name? He said, Legion, for we are many. And that's the whole story. They went into the pigs. The pigs went over the, you know. But I got to have God's word on that. Because I could say, you know, hey, who are you? He could say, I'm, I'm anger. And it could be something completely different than that. And he's over there. <laughs> because I'm, he's lying. So anyway, I prayed for this young man. And, and I mean, God was moving all over the place. I mean, I was praying for students, and I was praying for him. I'm praying for other students. Students are coming up waiting, and I'm going to pray for them. And God's just doing all kinds of But nothing is happening with this young man. And he goes back to his seat. And let's just say it was kind of where Stacy He just goes back and sits down. And you can tell he's discouraged. And honestly, now I'm discouraged because I'm fighting unbelief. Because the enemy is like, you know, you're not anointed. What makes you think? And blah, 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 blah. And so then I go over and I pray for him again. And the Lord tells me again, cast out the strong man. And I go over and I go through the same thing. Well, actually, he comes up. So I take it back. Twice he came up. I called him up again. I did the same thing that I did the first time. Nothing. He goes back and sits down. So now it's like doubly you almost think oh a little dab will do you now we're going to get twice this will be great nope and i get this oh inside and so i start having an argument with god you ever argue with god it usually doesn't work so i'm like god i don't get it and this is what the lord said almost you know very i told you to cast out the strong man and this is what i said what if the strong man doesn't go? What's that going to look like to me? All these kids. There's a bunch of students and people here. What? There's a problem there. There's pride. There's stuff. This has never been about me. And God's just saying, do what I said. So when, now listen to me. I'm going to go. I wasn't quite as detailed as I am this service as I was last. I'm more detailed this service than last. That's what I mean. Uh, so takes me a minute. Sorry. So I had made up now check this out because when I was in worship, 
This is what I feel he wants me to explain. I had made up my mind, no matter what, I will do what you say. When I go this time, it's on. And so the Lord doesn't say there was nothing that went, pulled me over there. I started walking towards this student. And as I got closer to this student, he started going like this. I'll never forget this. Now listen, because once you make up your mind and your heart, belief, faith without works is dead. Now I have come to put everything on the line. The closer I got, the weirder this thing got. I still remember the kid, the tall, lanky kid with red hair. He kirked his head weird, turned around to me, and the voice that came out of that kid was not like, you know, Aunt B from Andy Griffith. It, you know, and it was, he said it was something just to scare me, something of, you know, wish, don't you wish you could do this or something like that. But I didn't cement that in my mind. Because I didn't move. Because I had heard from God. And so I just looked. I said, the Bible says your eyes are the windows to your soul. So I said, look at my face. And he said, I remember him turning his head. And I grabbed his chin. I said, look at my face. And he looked at my face. And within minutes, that young man was completely freed. And everything. And the place erupted. Now, my point is saying this, is the enemy is going to try to get you all along the way in unbelief. But God's got a better plan. When I told the Lord, what if the strong man doesn't go? This is his answer. I said he will. He didn't mince words. I said he will. Basically, if you believe, I'm saying he's going. Okay, he's gone. You see the difference. Believing, a little bit of doubt. That's what was wrong with the disciples when they tried to cast out the demon. They'd forgotten what Jesus had said earlier. You have the authority. You have the power. When some of this stuff happens, don't let it happen. I mean, if you're seeing it happen, then go ahead and say, because of what Jesus told me, I have the authority. This is my house. There's a new sheriff in town. And start taking charge over what God has given you. When your mind is arguing with you. When the mountain's not moving and you, like, where is it, God? Did I, did I not say, I mean, tell me what you want me to say. Do you understand that David took a rock fight to a sword battle and beat him? I said that last week, but we, when stuff is fighting you, this is what you got to do because it won't go willingly. You got to drag it to the cross. You got to take it to the cross. Unbelief's got to go to the cross. Worry's got to go to the cross because everything that you need was provided for by what he did on Calvary. Say amen. God bless you. We got to get rid of the what ifs and the yeah buts. For years when our kids were little, we thought our name was... Mom, can I? And Dad, I can't. I'll let you think about that for a minute. Can I do this? Dad, I can't. Or yeah, but. Or Mom, but. Or Dad, but. What did I tell you to do? Well, we just tell our kids, I need you to clean that room. Yeah, but I... 
Sometimes we would say, okay, you know, they wanted to go out, they wanted to go play, and we'd say, well, you can, but you got to get the room clean. So the cost of that, they didn't. They would say, yeah, but, or mom, can I, or whatever. I used to do stuff like this, and I learned this real quick. Husbands, Mallory, when she was little, as beautiful and cute and precious, Zach says her halo lights up the, you know. I mean, she came in. Kim had just told her, she said, Mal wanted gum. And Kim had said, no, Mallory, you cannot have gum right now. You can have gum at another time. You cannot have gum. No, you cannot have gum. She'd bug her, and she said, Mallory, cannot have gum. I walk in the door from work. Daddy, can I have a piece of gum? You sure can, honey. Gave her a piece of gum. She put it in her mouth, turned around, looked at Kim, went. She said, can I talk to you for a minute? You know, then I realized I better check with her before I go ahead and say, uh, yeah, you can have gum. You see, let's find out what God is saying and grab onto that and do exactly what he says. Get into the word and let the word get into you. Wait till your hope gets crisp. I love the word crisp that I put in here because it's fresh. Don't just go on yesterday. You got to have more of God today. I got to have some more of him today. Yesterday was great, but man, today's even going to be sweeter because I'm in his presence. I'm in where he wants me to be. I'm in the zone. And in the zone, I'm ready. The enemy can't touch me there. He can try and say whatever he wants, but I know the truth. You see, when you're down in your knower and you know what God said, you can expect the glory to happen. I love my children. I love them with all my heart. They would come to me and say, Daddy, would you pray for me? There's a reason. Because when we prayed, God answered. Period. Daddy, I have a headache. Would you pray? And God would heal it. Here's number two. You beat unbelief by rejecting fear. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. The Amplified says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, continue to make your wants known to God. See, the basis of all unbelief is fear. I'm afraid it won't come to pass. What if he didn't hear me? What if he doesn't like me like he used to? What if because I've made mistakes? Oh, you know, maybe you just said, I sinned today. The blood works or it doesn't, folks. I mean, you're going to have to start saying, okay, I'm going to have to recognize what I need to do. Turn from that. You know, one of the reasons we call 180, 180, because 180 is a 180. It's not going the same way. If you do a 360 and you go the same way and the way is wrong, that's stupid. So turn to 180 and go where God's telling you to go. Do the, God, I'm going to make the changes. I'm going to do what you want me to do. Just let God start working on your mind. Do you know it's impossible to worry and trust God at the same time? And worry is a form of unbelief. We start doubting God's word, and we start doubting his ability, and then we start doubting all of what he can do. And you know that Satan's going to put pressure on you, whether it's your finances, your job, your kids, whatever. He's going to try, maybe friends. You know, the cool thing, what he's done, I mean, just what's amazing is <laughs> we bought this building, and the specs of this building 
they required uh, that they had to have a comp property, you know, according to the law, I guess, so, so close to this. Well, the appraiser came and said, the building is way worth what you're paying for. It's worth more, but I can't give that report to the bank because there's not a comp property that we can compare that to. So that being the case, my headship or our headship had said, yeah, go ahead and buy this. The moose that we had purchased this property from, they had to carry $100,000 of the note. Now, maybe, I don't know, that's a lot of money, I think. But we gave them ten grand right up front. Here's 10000 So we had 90000 Now, we've only been in this building be two years this July that we've held services in this building. We owe the moose nothing now. It's paid off. Is that awesome? That is God. And you know, when we got in this building, we were paying for three. We were paying the normal. I still have to pay the Pataskala mortgage that we owe for this. Uh, and I don't have to pay Moose anymore. But we still were paying for the other building. I don't know how God does that. I mean, that's just God. So impossible what I could think. Thank God we don't go by my thoughts. In him we live, we move, we have our being. Make a joyful noise. Put on the garment of praise. It is about God. All doubt and unbelief are fear-based. I mean, and I'm not saying I never got afraid. Oh, Lord, we got to pay this. What are we going to do? I mean, I immediately wanted to go into prayer and fasting. Oh, dear God. You know, because sometimes, you know, we, we go off of, of, of giving of people that, they, you know, it's just what you're believing God and obeying God. I have to go off not about you, but I have to go off on him. No matter what anybody does here, I just have to believe you, God. And you know how God settled this and how he did some of that. There's even people that go here. He just put it on their heart. Fear will keep you from the promises. Even if you know what they are. I know what they are. I'm just afraid. I just don't want to. There's different people that go into water different ways if you're going swimming. Some people, cannonball! And other people, just their toe... They walk in up to their knees, to their waist, to their chest. And it takes them a while. And I get it. I'm a cannonball person. That's me. I'm just like, let's get it over with. I, we canoed Whitewater in, in Maine. I was an Eagle Scout from Boy Scouts, and that was our high adventure. So we went to Maine. They took us out. out in this, you know, we're out in the wilderness, and I, wanted to, I got to see moose. Moose are ginormous. I mean, they are huge anybody ever go to SeaWorld? we went to kim and i went to SeaWorld. and she was pregnant with mallory i think went to SeaWorld, and we were like i know why you don't sit in the first so many rows because they say that's the splash section <laughs> sure it is <laughs> Shamu, shoo, shoo, blah, 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 shot out of the, of the water and i was like because he's huge and now we know why that's the splash section because <laughs> we were soaked so anyway, we go to see the, you know, to go canoe white, and this is what they did. They took us out to the, to this river, and the guide said, "You got to do a swim test." We all told you that before you came. You got to do the swim test. You see the boy out there. You got to swim there and back. And if you don't swim there and back, you got to stay here at camp until the rest of your team gets back. You got to pass the swim test. Well, I'm a good swimmer, so I'm like, oh, okay. I still to this day remember the water was 53 degrees. I was in pain. We started getting in that water, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. 
And there are people already, I mean, I'm just with boys. Boys do cry. <laughs> there were several boys in our group that were like, I don't want to go in there. This is me. I was the first one to the boy and back. I mean, I'm like got a shark on my tail. I'm like, get me there and back. And so then everybody's like, oh, Gleese made it. Okay. I'm just, it was freezing. But if God has told you something, wouldn't it be awesome just to be like, I'm in. I mean, I believe you. I'm in. I'm going all in right now instead of, well, let me just test you a little bit. Let me just see. You know what grieved God about the Israelites? They had done all kinds of garbage. I mean, they went into idolatry. They had, you know, let's worship this. And they did all kinds of immoral things and all that. You know what really grieved him? Unbelief. He would take them through so many things. And unbelief would grieve him. There's always a but. God, I can't. I, you know, if I did that, I, I'd be like me praying. But, but God, what if it doesn't work? The what ifs, the buts, the doubt. But if I want to enter God's rest, I'm going to have to take him at his word. I'll do it. You said it, I'll do it. The promise of being healed, the promise of being prosperous, the promise of believing. God, if I put my hand to it, you'll bless it. If this is what you've called me to do, if I know your will. You know the only antidote for fear is faith. That's how you battle it. Jairus came to Jesus to get him to come and heal his daughter. And in that process, a lot of things were interrupting. You ever needed something and somebody just keeps interrupting you? Or you're on your way to somewhere and you, you get behind a tractor. Or in Marion, maybe a train. And you're like, really? I can't make it on time. And you just, you feel inside like, oh. I think that's how Jairus felt. But he had already declared, I need you to come. You got to heal my daughter. And Jesus, you know, because Jairus is already telling what he believes. If you come, I... You can do this. And he says, okay, I'll come. And then they stop him and say, you don't have to bother him anymore. She's already passed. And Jesus says this to him. He overheard them and he said, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Now, this automatically backs up even the other scripture. He's already heard the case and said, I got it. You already declared it. I agree with you. It's my will. Let's do it. When a situation comes your way that could invite fear, make the decision, refuse to fear, and just say it out loud. I will not be afraid. I mean, I've told that to PK this, this last week. I just said, I will not fear. We do not operate in fear. And she's like, I agree. We will not be afraid. Why? Because we don't have, come on, we don't have a spirit of fear. What do we have? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So I'm not going to be afraid because in Christ I can do all things. In him, again, we live, we move, we have our being. I'm telling you, with Jesus, you cannot not do anything. He said he'll do everything. Whatever he says is impossible. Yeah, it's possible if he says it. I'll get it out. Might not be right, but I'll try. You guys can decipher it. Put subtitles up on the screen. Here's what he was saying. This is when people ask me this. Well, what if I mess up? 
I got a t-shirt for that. I'll give you one after service. <laughs> it's pretty simple. You just repent. You just stop. And you, and you do the 180. God, I'm sorry. Show me that. I'm not going to do that. I'll make a conscious. Holy Spirit, help me to not, let me see that a mile before it comes again. Come on. And you, you put that under the blood. You confess it and you put it under the blood. See, what we do, believers, we'll be in a service, maybe much like this, and we'll say, thank you, God, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe I'm healed, I'm going to believe I'm healed. And you go to your car. <laughs> and we start speaking and confirming the symptoms. Don't do that. I've had people call me and, I, and I, I've corrected them in love and just say, these, you know, this is my, my allergies. And I'll say, you, you sure you want to say that? Because why would you claim those? If life and death is in your mouth, I'm not going to say they're mine. I'm not saying you're not battling them. I'm saying they can't stay. There's a difference. So then we start saying, all right, God. And then I start speaking to the things, if that's what I'm battling, I speak to all the things that help me to breathe. I call them into line. I speak the word over them. I set my faith in agreement with what God says. I start filling my ear gate with the promises of God. And I stand on that. And so when anything comes up, I can answer it and say, nope. It's not what Jesus said. Sometimes you just need to not say anything, though. Isn't that true? Here's number three. Be unbelief by believing God's love. 1 John 4, 16. We know how much God loves us. We have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. The New King James says, We have known and believed the love God has for us. Believed the love. Believed in the love. You know, it's not just a love. It is the love. You want to talk about, hey, tell me about the love of your life. I can only tell you of one love of my life outside of God, and she's sitting in the front row. That is the love of my life. There is not a love of my life. How many understand what I'm saying? There's, so we need to understand when God is love. So when we're talking about love, the Bible says perfect love casts out all what? Fear. You don't have to be afraid because if God is in me, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can stand on that and know that if the enemy tries to put fear on me, the love of God inside me says, Diana Ross, talk to the hand. I'm not taking that. Stop in the name of love if you didn't catch. God doesn't have to love. That's, that's who he is. That's just... That's his DNA. That's his makeup. Love. For God so loved. It's a powerful force and he's provided it for you for abundant life. That is the force of the love of God. The blessing is the love of God. So we need his love. Sometimes we say, well, we, I believe God loves us, but we struggle with it. We'll believe John 3.16, 3, but we Still battle with it. I'm almost finished here. Remember the disciples in the boat? Jesus, the matter of fact, the Bible says he made him get in the boat. 
Well, this has been one instance. He made him get in the boat, and then they went through a storm, and then he walked with him out on the water. There's another story where he's in the boat, they're in a storm, and he's asleep. Now, the boat's sinking. Waves are coming up, and they, they are like, we need to wake him up. My mind, it just messes with me because I'm trying to picture, how is he sleeping? Because the boat is, but he is so God, he's at rest. Because he knows, I'm not going this way. Come on. He already knows. And he's already told them. And they don't believe him. Because they're afraid. Did you know that the enemy will get circumstances that will try to make you afraid? And God can be right there and you'll get your eyes off of him and you'll get him onto that. And you won't do what he says because you're doing what that says. And that says, be afraid, be very, very afraid. Uh. <laughs> and you're going to have to get your mind off of that and get it onto this. Because what we want, we want this. But we can't have this if we got that. So you got to get rid of that to get this. And nobody can do that for you. you got to do that. People can pray. People can agree. But when it right comes down to it, it's your belief system. It's what you anchor on. It's what you get a hold of. The world calls some of that like flight and fright. You know, there's that time when you want to just like, I got to run, I got to run. And then when you can't run, I got to fight, I got to fight. Or when that switch is tripped and you've committed one way or the other. There's no going back now. You know, once the switch tripped in me when I was before, before, people had to pull me, they'd have to, they'd have to get me out of that zone because I was in the zone. I was, I mean, I was just like, I ain't going down no more. You know, I'm just like, I'm there. What if we would put our faith, God, whatever you said, I am not going to be afraid. But see, we're just like the disciples, though. We're not in the boat with the water, but maybe we're sick. God, aren't you, don't you even care? Did you care? I'm sick. I need you to do something. And we, we start sowing unbelief. But if we understood, that's a violation. Sickness cannot stay on you. If we would turn that around and say, okay, you want to go this way? Let's go this way and make the enemy pay. The love himself will set you free. See, we get this mixed up. This is totally different than where I was going. Sometimes we, we blame God. Well, I guess you put me over here to teach me a lesson. Wrong. I, you put sickness on me so that I would learn something. No, that's not word. That's not scripture. We need to understand the battle is his if we are in him. Last story. It's 1141. Give me about three minutes and we're done. Got it? You can time me. If you do, you have to leave. No. You don't. <laughs> Remember Jehoshaphat? Again, this wasn't in the first service, so this is all just where I feel the Lord's taking me. Jehoshaphat, they got to go battle. God knows where the enemy is, and he, this is his instruction. Send the praisers first. Why would you send praisers 
because that's warfare. They're, they are doing so. This is now think about this. You would think the praisers would be doing the Rocky song. Or doing something like that, like some marine fight song or you know, something. Oh we oh that's Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so but they're doing something. You know, I mean you'd be doing something. But no, he has them singing about him. That's what he does. They're singing songs about the goodness and the greatness of God. Look it up. So you know, if it was up to us, we would be saying, oh, we should do something like, you know, something that would just get us all worked up and get us all hyped and psyched. And, you know, if you ever watch, you know, wrestling or, or uh, UFC fights, and there's all the music, they come out. You know, they're getting themselves all beat. You know, I've watched people, you know, eat and cockroaches and all kinds of stuff you know this is nasty just to psych somebody out so we our mindset is almost yeah we have to do that we have to get ourselves all pumped up and god is saying no i want you to sing about me here's the difference just like me praying for the young man this wasn't about me it was about him so while i'm singing about him this is what god's doing all right i'm liking that He's rolling up his sleeves. He's saying, let's go. Let's do this. Because it's never been about me and you. It's been about him. It's been about saying, I'm giving homage to him. I'm giving honor to him. Because I can't do anything without you. So I don't have to not believe. If it's just me, I get it. Thank God. It's you in me. So I get it. I believe in you. Mouse sang about it today. Y'all did too. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Remember? I believe in you. That's what we're singing about. The God in you. So the next time the enemy comes up and starts to talk. What's he say? That's where you stand. Not with what you feel. You might be afraid. But I'm going to shout out to him. Because he heard my request. Bow your heads, close your eyes, please.